We live in a cesspool, a septic tank, a gigantic sewage complex in which runs the dregs, the filth, the misery-laden slop of the race of men. Look deep, deep into my eyes. You are witnessing a demonstration of the awesome power of the human mind, the unlimited potential of total concentration. My mind is totally focused, able to maintain absolute and utter control. A mind such as this is a powerful force. It could even rule the world. Hey! Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to P.T. Pop on A Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Hey there everybody, it is P.T. Pop. All four loaves in my brain, squirrely bound beyond my back, and welcome back to P.T. Pop A Mind Revolution. My podcast where I try to lead you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Listen to me, listen... Listen, hey, if you are aching for more phenomenal quality podcasting such as what I provide you, please provide some support. Either go to my Patreon channel or, hey, you can do it in other ways. You can buy a copy of my book, Press One for Murder. I'm an author. I have written three books. Press One for Murder is a book I wrote about, it's a, a, it's a story of fiction, and it's about a, a guy that works in a call center, and uh, some of his customers that he talks to on the phone start dying, and the police think he's killing them. My other book, um, let me see if I can bring these up here, for some reason I can't bring them up, Press One for Murder, this is Press One for Murder. I've also got other books, Breathe, John Lennon, Conspiracy to Murder, which is another book of fiction about John Lennon, maybe he faked his own death, and a book called Small, which is about a guy who turns 50 and his wife leaves him and he loses his job and he wishes he could go back in time to be 10 years old again when life was simpler, and he meets a mysterious gypsy hooker who sends him back in time to the age of 10. It's a book of time travel. I also have a documentary you can purchase. It's called The Artist of Documentary. And The Artist of Documentary is uh, filmed in the thriving community of Dayton, Ohio. And it explores the life of an artist through conversations with people, passionate about what it means to be an artist, the challenges they face in a digital age, and the importance of the support of the art community. This is a great film. I'm very proud of it. And I really, if you'd like to buy this, it's only $2.99 to buy it or rent it. And you can go right to my website, theartistdocumentary.com. And you can also go to... And I also have music. I'm also a musician and a songwriter. I'm a folk rock and blues musician. And if you go to Amazon Music, you can find me on there. I've got a variety of albums. I've got an album called Child's Play. That's my first album I recorded in 1999 at Harvest Recording in Streetsboro, Ohio. I've got North Coast Blues. 
and a couple of singles on there. So if you want to support this channel, you want to continue to see what you see here on YouTube, if you want to continue to get the quality information and entertainment that you get on my podcast, please consider subscribing here. That way I can keep you know my channel advertisement free. Hope you're all doing well. What is today? Well, it just became May 6th, 2022, here in the far-off land of Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm very glad to be here with each and every one of you, believe it or not, even though I don't know any of you. And uh, today, today's... I've got to do this, you know, it's very dramatic. you got to do this, oh man, you got to do the Jack Nicholson thing, man, you know. Man, I can't take it anymore, I'm all stressed, dude. (coughs) So the title to this fine, fine uh, podcast that I've come up with is They Keep You Doped with Religion, Sex, and TV. And that's a lyric from a John Lennon song off of an album he released in 1970 called The Plastic Ono Band. The name of the song is Working Class Hero. And I urge you, even if you're not a John Lennon fan, to to take a look at this song because there's a there's a line in this song that I just quoted. And I think it's very per- pertinent, but but the song really talks about life as it is today, as it was then, life, I think, as it always has been. Let me let me show you this here. A working-class hero. As soon as you're born, they make you feel small by giving you no time instead of at all. And these are the opening words, and they just kind of hit you in the face because you sit back and if you're thinking about it, Think about how when you're a little kid, everything's about, you got no time. Get up, get out of bed, go eat your breakfast, get your clothes on, take a shower, go to school. When you're in school, they're pushing you from one class to another, to lunch, from lunch back to class, to study hall. Then then they tell you, oh no, you gotta, when you're 18, oh my God, you, you gotta go out and find out who you really are. You gotta find a career, you gotta do something the rest of your life. And the first of your life, you're pushed around by supervisors. But But when you're a little kid, they really, you have no time. And the time you want to have and the time you really would enjoy playing or being outdoors, they only give you a small amount of time. Then you got to come in and eat. Then you got to make your bed. Then you got to study. Then you, you know, all this ridiculous stuff. I'm not going to go over all the lyrics in this song. But he's got one lyric here. They keep you doped with religion and sex and TV. And you think you're so clever, classless and free. But you're still fucking peasants, as far as I can see. And I would love to play this song for you, but I I don't have the copyrights. I don't have the authority to do it. This is the hypocrisy of the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan, but as if these guys don't have enough money, do you have any idea how much they would charge me if I wanted to have one of their songs in a film I made? It's insane, man. It's like lots of money. Half a million in some cases, maybe more. But they're all about peace and love. No, they're all about this. They're all about making cash. But you see, this this is where I get confused with John Lennon. And I'm reluctant to quote him because he was really a huge hypocrite, as we all are. (coughs) We're all hypocrites. But 
I would love to play the song for you, but I can't. Now let's talk, think about this. When he, when, he, when he says they keep you doped with religion, think about it. When you're a little kid, and I'll, I'll never forget this, this is one of the few, very few intimate moments I had with my father, personal moments I had with my father, was where I was three years old, and he took me into my bedroom, and he said, we're going to say your prayers. I'm like, what are my prayers, Dad? He's like, well, this is what you say to God. I'm like, who's God? Well, he's like this magical creature, you know, that lives in the clouds, son. <laughs> so we get down on our knees, and, you know, he shows me how to clasp my hands like this. And he's like, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm like, okay. He's like, repeat after me. I'm like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord, my soul to keep. I'm like, okay, what, what's a soul, Dad? He's like, don't worry about it, just keep praying. You know, If I die before I wake, what, what does that mean? I'm, I'm going to die before I wake? What's dying? Well, dying is if you don't wake up and you go up to meet God in the magical, magical man in the clouds. And I'm getting kind of scared. I mean, like it's, I, I'll never forget this. The bed is up against, you know, the headboard's up against the wall. The light is shining in from the hallway. There's no room, lights on the room, except for the light coming in from the hallway. There's, it's casting this long shadow into the room. And I pray the Lord my soul to keep. My soul to keep? What's a soul, Dad? <coughs> you know, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Um, I don't know, man. You know the prayer. You know the whole prayer. We've all recited it here in the West. I don't know if they recite it in the East. I don't know if they recite it in India or any place like that. But I think this is pretty much Western mumbo-jumbo they came up with. But think of it. I was three years old when they, when they, introduced, it to, they introduced this to me. Now, from that point forward, there was no discussion in my family, in my personal family, about God, or who God was, or who Christ was, or Muhammad, or Buddha, or anybody. It wasn't talked about. My mother um, was a staunch Presbyterian <laughs> and Protestant, and she was an anti-Catholic. She didn't. She was raised by second-generation Scottish men and women who were uh, raised by a first-generation Scottish, you know, born and bred in, in Scotland, that were they were told not to like, you know, Catholics, Irish Catholics. That's a whole other story. It all kinds of ties. It all kinds of ties in, though. It all kinds of ties right into the, to the main story here. And the funny thing is, is that from that point forward, I had this weird picture in my head of this guy up in the clouds, who was going to take my soul if I died and I didn't know what a soul was and I was like scared and it's a scary prayer but they start to to condition you at a very young age to believe in imaginary creatures that live in the clouds and they're looking down at you they're watching everything you do right and when John Lennon says here to keep you doped with it, they do. They keep you doped with it because they tell you that if you pray to this magical creature in the clouds, he's going to answer your prayers. He's going to make you feel good. He's going to heal you. He's going to heal your mom or your dad. He's going to do all these wonderful things. He's going to bring you gifts. And he's 
He's going to be all-knowing, all-seeing. He keeps track. He keeps track of all of your bad things and the mistakes you make. And he keeps a long list of it. <clears throat> and this ties into my previous podcast where I talk about it all starts with Santa Claus. And I think in this country especially, they want to keep you doped with mythical creatures and biblical creatures and invisible creatures to keep you controlled. It's a way of controlling human beings so they're constantly thinking somebody's watching them. It creates paranoia, too. I mean, a lot of people are paranoid schizophrenics. And you go, well, well, why are there so many paranoid people out there? Well, could it be that we're filling their heads with all these paranoid ideas that invisible creatures that live in the clouds are watching their every move and note, writing it down in a notebook? And that when they die, there's going to be a review of your life. And if you sneezed one too many times or somebody else sneezed and you didn't say, God bless you, you're going to be cast in a fiery pit of lava. Oh, I don't know where the paranoia comes from in this country. I have no idea. So this is an article from subliminalmedia.wordpress.com from April 28th of 2015. Examples of subliminal messages. And this is part of my theory that they keep you doped with sex. And to illustrate this, I wanted to show you this article. This is an article written by Marissa Arnett from April 28th of 2015 on their blog post, which is, I think is a word, a word blog post from subliminalmedia.wordpress.com, examples of subliminal messages. And in this article, Marissa goes over how advertising companies subliminally entice you with hidden messages about sex to make the ad more appealing. And she writes, sexual subliminal messages can appear in advertisements in a few different ways. In many of the following examples, the word sex or sexual profanities are hidden in the image. In, other, in the other following examples, sexual imagery or phallic objects appear in the visuals of the advertisement to allude to sexual themes. So here you can see in this picture, here in this area, it looks just like shadows and wrinkles in the guy's shirt, but if you do a close-up, S-E-X spells it out with the X being the, the stitching in the guy's lapel. This Gucci ad is more obvious of a phallic, use of phallic symbols. Looks like a guy uh, stroking his meat. In, in this interactive banner from Subway's official website, the animated sandwich steam rises from the sub spelling out the, world, the word sex. Now this is Phelps, the gold medal winner. And you can kind of see it in behind here, but it spells out the word sex as steam does. This is all intentional. They do this all intentionally. This is one example of how Sunny Delight's logo is strategically formed in a phallic symbol or phallic shape. You know, it's going that way. It looks like a, a penis head here. Um, 
I don't know if it's meant to look like an orgasm or what. And I'm not certain who subliminally will see that and go, oh man, I gotta have some sign to lick because it looks like a penis. But I guess that's the theory. I guess if you're penis hungry young man or woman, you're gonna you're gonna want your sunny delight. <laughs> okay, in this advertisement only do not only the words used try our hard pack imply sexual themes, but the hidden phallic images do as well. And on this what they're saying here is that, like, it's it's an advertisement for Benson and Hedges and their hard pack for cigarettes. And on the left, it just shows how the advertisement was released and they enhanced it. On the right, it looks like she's got a penis up here. <laughs> and he's holding a penis down here. In this shocking Coca-Cola ad, there is an image of oral sex hidden in the ice. Now, in case you didn't know it, most of these advertisements, especially the ones that look like the real glossy, nice pictures of Coke and all that stuff, they're all airbrushed, they're all touched up now in Photoshop. And they never look quite as pristine in the actual photo shoot as you think. But here, down here in the bottom left, there's a picture. They blow it up and it looks like a person, probably a woman, about to perform oral on a penis. Similarly, Coke, similar, similarly, similarly, I educated, Coke hid the implications of sex into their soda machine by modifying the ice on top of the can into the form of a woman's curvy body. And, and this, this is all done probably in Photoshop but it looks like a woman laying on the can with her hair draped over the side, as you can see. Um, Pepsi follows suit by embedding the word sex into the body's shorts in this advertisement. I'm sorry, into the boy's shorts. I'm not quite certain, you know, as I said, I guess if you like young boys, you like Pepsi. I, I don't know. I guess subliminally why you'd want to do this, but it's obviously I guess that spells out sex. Yes, I guess it does. If you look at the original picture, it really does. Be sociable by Pepsi, I guess. In this advertisement, the ketchup is being poured onto a hot dog in a way that is meant to appear similar to the image of a tongue on a penis. And that, that's got to be intentional. Because look at that. That's got to be intentional. Because I've never, ever, ever, ever seen ketchup come out of a bottle like that. I've never seen a tongue come out of a bottle like that either. But this is more than obvious. Likewise, this beer ad, which uses subtle placement of beer bottles to illustrate a woman's behind and legs when turned upside down. Yeah, it definitely does. And I don't know if the mind turns it upside down. I don't know if, you know, if you're looking at that, it really looks like a lady standing on her head or something with her ass hanging out. <laughs> Maybe she's on a stripper pole drinking Heineken. I don't know. 
This advertisement is similar in the use of common objects to reference the sexual imagery of a woman's breasts. And that's more than obvious. I don't know what this is. Uh, uh, Emile. I don't know if that's muffins or buns or what, what that is. This image is used the fallacy of the rocket on the computer screen headed in the direction of the woman's genitalia to imply sex in the advertisement. I think some of this stuff is very, very obvious. Very obvious. This is obvious, Burger King. It'll blow your mind away. I mean, I don't have to explain that one, I don't think. Providing uh, you're, you know what I'm referring to, the orals. The oral nasty. <laughs> BK Super 7-incher. It'll blow your mind away. Similar to the use of Heineken bottles to shape a woman's behind, this ice cream in advertisement places a chalk, places the chocolate bars in the shape of a woman's back, behind, and legs. Oh yeah, yes, definitely. That's that looks like like an African American lady working out or something. She's all sweaty. She's on the, uh, I don't know. She's on the ski machine or something. Going back to the theme of advertisements that use hidden letters to spell out sex, this gin advertisement embeds the letters into the ice to associate the product with sex. That's, that's more than obvious. You can even see it over here. It's not. It's not. You don't see it at first, but it's it's suggested. And these these. Well, that's obvious. What that is. I guess in this car, what is this for? Volvo. <laughs> We're just as excited as you. Looks like that car's got an erection, my friends. Laid by the best. Oh yeah, if you turn that upside down, it looks like a lady diddling her flower. And it goes on and on. I mean, this is through, throughout in advertising everywhere. If you just go through this, it's everywhere. And when I say they keep you doped with it, they they use sex as, as a tool to beat you over the head with it to sell products. This is your mind through hypnosis. And let me let me show you down here. This is Mr. Parvaz. I didn't have it on the screen at the time, but there he is. And this is a fascinating article talking about how TV influences mind through hypnosis. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. And a very few people are brave enough to embark on it, embark on this topic. There's two of me again, damn it. Two of me, two of you, staring at me, staring at you. But think of it, like think of it right now. If I told you, if I told you, hey man. I have an imaginary friend. His name's Harvey. And Harvey and me, we we go way back. He's a six-foot-tall rabbit. And uh, we're real good friends, man. We're real good friends. And he goes out with me, and we talk, and he helps me with all my problems, and he makes my dreams come true. Harvey and me, we're real close, man. You'd be like, um, Pete, let me introduce you to the rubber room. 
But if I told you I got a you know imaginary friend named Jesus, people are like, oh great, how oh, well, that's all right, okay. Well, great. How long have you known Jesus? How long has Jesus been in your life? But this article, how TV influences your mind through hypnosis. And this is fascinating because they say, think about it. Would I be exaggerating if I say that a part of your behavior and personality is shaped by the things you see on the screen? Definitely not. You wouldn't think that at all. It's naive to think that television is a harmless pastime activity that doesn't affect your psyche in any way. That is, that's a, that's a very valid statement. Every thinking person knows that anything you expose your mind to affects it. Your psyche is continually being shaped by all kinds of information that you receive from your environment, and that includes television. And in this article, he surmises that your subconscious mind is heavily influenced by television. Now, when John Lennon said they keep you doped with religion, sex, and TV, as I said previously, he was talking about television. There was no internet yet. The flicker-induced hypnotic state... And this is exactly what I've been talking about. Your mind slips into a hypnotic trance state within seconds of watching TV. This lowers your brain waves to a lower alpha state, commonly associated with meditation and deep relaxation. This is believed to be caused by the screen flicker and explains why you feel sleepy while watching TV. Under the state of trance, your subconscious mind becomes highly suggestible and whatever information you receive from the TV becomes part of your memory pool. Since beliefs are nothing but memories, this information has a tendency to alter your beliefs or form new ones when it seeps into your subconscious mind. You might think the remote is in your hand and you're watching the programs, but in truth, you're the one who is getting programmed. Um, and the article goes on. Freeing your mind, impaired conscious. Got all kinds of things beeping here on me. This is a funny cartoon here. I think this is hilarious. Sit, I told you. No reading or thinking for yourself. And there's a naked guy in a leash and a chain and the TV sets his master. I've said this before, that our entire childhood is essentially a period of hypnosis. I just said this. I, I'm not even a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I've never I've studied very little psychology. We pick up beliefs from all over the place because our conscious faculty was not fully developed. We did not have the ability to question our beliefs and actions. It's exactly what I'm talking about, because when you're very young, your brain isn't fully developed. You don't have the ability to think rationally yet. So somebody tells you that there's a magical creature living in the clouds. You believe him. You're like, oh, really? There's an Easter bunny. There's a Santa Claus. There's a tooth fairy. You know, we saw Superman flying when we were kids. Got a Superman dress. 
and tried to take off from the balcony. We saw wrestling on TV and, and fought with pillows in the living room, tearing the poor cottony things apart. We see our favorite gun-carrying heroes, and we're shooting imaginary aliens in your courtyard. Imaginary? Aliens aren't imaginary. He, he goes on to see, to say, millions of people are daily getting programmed by the stuff we watch on TV. They may not try to take off from the balcony, but their life is a good reflection of what they see on the TV screen. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about how many of us, we watch a movie, we see a TV show, and we think we've got to be funny like Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. Or we think we've got to drive a certain car because that's what Liam Neeson drove or in a movie. Or, or we think we've got to dress a certain way because a superstar walked down the red carpet at the Oscars. Um, and a lot of that is this total fantasy. You know, most of us couldn't afford the dresses that the women wear in these award shows or the cars that the famous people drive. Millions of people are trying to live the fictional lives they see being portrayed in the films. Many are identifying with their favorite celebrities and coping. Let me try that again without burping. Millions of people live the fictional lives they see being portrayed in the films. Many are identifying with these favorite celebrities and copying them, and countless others are daily accepting the versions of reality their new channels present with them. And this is exactly what I went through as a kid. I, I modeled myself after the Beatles and Clint Eastwood and, you know, you know I really did. I really, everything, every, my whole world revolved around the Beatles. I lived in this fantasy world of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And what they said, fortunately, they said good, positive things for the most part. I didn't find out what dirtbags they were till long after I had, quote, grown up. And I think a lot of us do it. It's not just me. I see all kinds of people do it. I think they have to live a certain life and a certain lifestyle in a certain part of the country with a certain type of car and caviar and champagne and stuff like that care for the 20th century i do not i will now tell you as succinctly as possible how i classify the times we live in a cesspool a septic tank a gigantic sewage complex in which runs the dregs the filth the misery-laden slop of the race of men his hatreds his prejudices his passions and his violence and the keeper of the sewer man he is a scientifically advanced monkey who walks upright and with eyes wide open, into an abyss of his own making. His bombs, his fallout, his poisons, his radioactivity, everything he designs as an art for dying is his excuse for living. No, Harvey, we live in, a, in an exquisite bedlam, an insanity, maybe all the more grotesque by the fact that we don't recognize it as insanity. Turn off your TVs. Turn off your internets. Turn off the internets. Log out of your, get rid of Facebook and Twitter and all of this stuff. Because, at least, don't get rid of it. But just watch channels that, like mine, that try to give you some knowledge about the truth. Study your history. 
go out and find the truth about the American history and the slaughter of millions and millions and millions and millions of American Native American people. And the slaves that we had working on the railroads that, that built the transcontinental railroad Asian people and black people and women and, and they how how they've used people in this country to build it off the backs of slaves and sex slaves and drug addicts, opium dens out west. I mean, I, I can't even go into the places I visited out west, the gold mines and the old copper mines in Arizona that were were kept in business by um, Chinese slaves that they kept doped up on opium. It just, you know, the whole thing is madness. You've got to learn your history. And these aren't conspiracy theories. These are proven. This has all been proven in history. They just hide it. And they tell you to pray to your Jesus or, you know, rub your rosary beads or do your genuflecting, go to Mass or go to your Presbyterian church and, and bow down to the to the milk toast priest up front or whatever so you can deal with it because it's a way of controlling you. So with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. All we have is each other. That's all we've got. We we don't have the rock stars. We don't have any. We're, we're you know we don't have. Most of us don't have lots of money. Most of us don't have lavish palaces we live in. All we have is each other. And think of all the things you've, all the people you've you've let go and pushed aside so you can you can. Pursue these things they tell you to pursue. Focus on your mom. Focus on your dad. If you have broken ties with people you haven't spoken to, get get together with them, brothers and sisters and relatives and neighbors. Because that's all we have. And they don't want you to do that. They don't want you to, They want all of us separated and alone in our houses right now. That's just what they want because they can control us that way. They can control us with our little glowing devices in our hands. So with that... I am going to log out. I'm going to bid you adieu. I hope you have a good day. Stay safe. PT Pop on a Mind Revolution. You have been listening to PT Pop, a Mind Revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. You have been listening to PT Pop, a Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time.